Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's an exciting week. We're calling this the Week of the Predator. We are here to talk to you guys right now about Predator 2. That's right. You heard me correctly. This is Predator 2, the sequel to the iconic Schwarzenegger film. So we are going to talk to you right now about Predator 2, all the things that are great about it. Are there things that are great about it? We'll see you in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! Ha ha, ha ha. D Gloves would have liked this song. I mean, he does like. Uh, he's, he's still around. D Gloves? Danny Glover. <coughs> Danny Glover. Did you just make that name up for him? No, no, no. He, him and I actually, he prefers to be called that. That's what he told you. That's what he told me when we were hanging out. In the jungles of Los Angeles. When Jerry B and I were talking. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. So much cooler. <laughs> Trying to find the stream here. Apparently it said our stream was going live at 4. Uh, it's not. It's oh. live right now. Okay. Just letting you guys know. I mean, obviously <laughs> if they're in the chat, they can see that. But uh, I hope so. Uh, Marissa Serafini, our producer, up in the booth. Uh, Marissa, how you doing? I'm great, gentlemen. I will Ooh. fix that for you. Thank you, right Marissa. Now. You can blame me. Are we actually live right now? Yes, we are. We're live. The fans can see us. Yeah, yeah they can see. Live. No, I can see us on. I can see us on air. That's exciting, um, guys. This is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on this show. Those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one. You know what? We're we're gonna get to those rules in a second because yeah. there's 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 more at stake here. We gotta talk about a few things. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. That's where we'll start. Uh, we're on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network, dedicated to talking movies and all things movie related, as well as pop culture by the bucketful. Uh, just a quick Patreon shout out. Patreon.com slash uh, Team Action. It's the Action Army. Uh, we wanted to give a big shout-out to Billy Polahan and Justin Munn. We salute you. You guys have been uh, great supporters of the Action Army, so thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I'm all over the place today, and the reason is because we are covering Predator 2. Now, I'm having a rough time. No. <laughs> if you yeah. guys, did you guys watch Predator 2? Uh, those in the chat, have you seen it before? <clears throat> Were you confused when we decided to do Predator 2? I mean, I'll be honest. There's a lot less people in the live chat today than normal. <laughs> So, uh, we understand that. Predator 2 is a bad movie. It's, n- it's no secret to us. Um, we decided to cover it because The Predator comes out next week, and this movie has some of our favorites in it. Um, so that's what we decided to do, is just to cover Predator 2. Uh, I can't find my volume. I'm yeah. just going to have to deal with it. You were just freaking me out. Yeah, messing with I figured. My I think yeah. so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because, <clears throat> look, here's the thing. We said we're going to do Predator 2. Here we are. We're dealing with Predator 2. Yeah. Uh, literally having to deal with it. It's, it's an unwatchable film, for the most part. Yeah. So, full disclosure, guys, we're going to have a lot of fun today. <laughs> yes, this we are. This is going to be a good episode today. Yes, we today. are. Uh, this, this is going to be a really good episode today. So, uh, we cover action movies on this show, and as I mentioned, those movies adhere to four basic rules. Now, today's episode is going to be a little different than normal. We're not um, going to adhere to our own rules. <laughs> we're going to break the rules. <sighs> They're made to be broken. Uh, they only live to get radical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, rule number one, traditionally on the show, is the hero always plays by their own rules. Well... I would say that in this film, Danny Glover does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing okay. One for one so far. D. Gloves plays by his own rules in this film, whereas in uh, in the other film in which he plays a police officer in Los Angeles wearing the same outfit, uh, he plays more by not Murtaugh's rules. He plays more more by Mel Gibson's rules. Um, I just was thinking about our impression series, which we're going to get to in a second. Officer Murtaugh. (laughs) I want to do one in Danny Glover's shooter voice. 
Bobbly swag. Oh, Bobbly swag. I want to do one in that voice. Honestly, uh, he's way sweeter in Shooter than in almost anything else. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs in the room. I mean, again, in that sense, it, it's true. Pre- the Predator and Danny Glover are the only two people that seem to know what the hell's going on. Yeah, Gloves recognizes that, like, everyone that is dying is is uh, armed, you know? Like, kill the whole train full of passengers and gangsters. It doesn't make any sense. All these people were armed. When they pull out the guns, it literally feels like this is National Lampoon's loaded weapon. I'm like, why do all these people have guns? Right? It feels like it's a hilarious... It's a funny moment, but then it's taken seriously somehow. That's why... Well, I mean, like, do you remember when we were growing up, like, Los Angeles was kind of painted as, like, the ghetto. Yeah. And, like, that's where shit went down. Like, if you moved to L.A., you're probably going to get shot. Yeah, and, right. Like, don't wear blue. Don't wear red. It was real. It was real. And, like, this is, I think, that. Oh, there's so much to talk about that. <laughs> Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a, he's a uh, chief of police. He's yeah. something. He's a, They think he's not. They think he's a traitor. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a cop. He's a cop. Yep. He's a good cop. He's a best damn arrest record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Tons. So this movie perfectly Actually perfectly fits the rules other than it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it hits the rules, and that's not really that surprising. For when it was made, 1990? Yeah, like, it, it, it's like, this is like what we, we when we first made the show, this is the type of movie that we would uh, frame the rules around. Mm. Because as you can see, it follows all of them perfectly. The only rule that we didn't put in was the gratuitous sex scenes <laughs> needing to be in any R-rated uh, action movie that came out between 88 and 96. The amazing, amazing cocaine <clears throat> scenes with the Colombians oh, at the I beginning. Love <laughs> she like wipes it on his jacket. I like when the one gang member has it just like pats it on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so outrageous. Like, uh, So anyway, guys, those are the rules of action movie anatomy. Uh, we are going to cover Predator 2 today. That's what we're going to be doing. But we also yes. are going to be weaving in Predators. We're also going to be talking about Predator and yes. a little bit of The Predator probably. Though we'll get to that in a minute. Um, coming up today on the show, though, we are going to be talking about all those films. We're going to be doing uh, definitely thesis statement because it's important that we have strong opinions yes. on this film. Um, and then we also are going to be examining some of the other things like what the hell happened to Adrian Brody's career? What 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 was that about? Right. Um, Young, youngest person to ever win an Oscar. Yeah, male. Yeah, leading actor. <clears throat> leading actor. So, uh, yeah, there'll be, thing, there'll be plenty of things to talk about on the show today. But coming up first, uh, we are going to watch the trailer right now. Leading actor. Los Angeles, 1997. It's the hottest summer on record. (laughs) Pollution is choking the city. The gangs control the streets. Oh man, just like full on assault rifle (laughs) battles all day long, and then like there's still an organized police force. All the guns in this movie get worse. They all like feel like futuristic a little bit. And like, how did the CG get worse? From one to two. All the guns have like enormous sights. And, oh like, yeah, huge appendages. <laughs> Will you uh, turn turn my volume on two up for me, please? Like steel. Incredible. Turn it. Is that better? Yes. I'd turn it down. Four. <laughs> you don't know what you're dealing with. I love his voice. Yeah, I do too. His his voice is really the best part of the film, almost. You see? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is definitely the best part of the He's movie. He's my favorite part. Safari, lions, tigers, the bears. Oh my. Oh my. Oh, beauty. Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Ruben. Oh, Bill wow. Paxton. I like that. I love the Busey's second second build. Yeah, I mean he he's second build on the in the everything online too. Yeah. That's why I pulled him. 
um, <laughs> because when I made the outline, I hadn't seen the movie yet. Opens Thanksgiving. Everywhere. Excellent. People watched this film because it had a brand behind it. Yes, it sure did. the only did. reason. Yeah, even though it had its superstar not behind it. So <clears throat> this movie is so interesting, and it, it really does demand that you and I do a different episode than normal. Trailer is pretty much par for the course for the time. Yeah, oh yeah. And um, and so, yeah, let's hop, into, let's hop into our thesis statements here. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, my thesis statement is, is literally going to be Gary Busey is the best part of this movie. Oh yeah, that's that's it. I mean, I I thought about it long, long and hard. Like, I really... he's He is distinctive and entertaining, and this moment in Busey's career is, like, probably my favorite moment. Yeah. Because younger Busey, 70s, 80s Busey, like, the Buddy Holly story, he's pretty good. And then his stuff in the 80s, he kind of falls out of favor. Like, I like him in Big Wednesday. His stuff that he gets a little later... But this is the year before Point Break. Like, this is, like... And it's, it's like, I think, what, two years after Lethal Weapon? Right. Three years? It's three years after Lethal Weapon. So, like... His, like, 87 to 93, when he sort of came back on the scene as, like, he was, like, grizzled a little, and he was, like, kind of slick. He wasn't crazy yet. Yeah, right, exactly. He's got, he's a caricature of himself in this film, and he works in that sense. He's, right. like, he, he feels like the star when he shows up, for me. That's just because I love him, though. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and for those at home, if this is your first time watching, uh, first of all, there's a lot of other better movies to watch. I mean, you should definitely watch this episode. But uh, the thesis statement is something that's your biggest, boldest thought about the film. And so if you could bring up only one thing about the movie, it would be this thing. If you were at a party and you could talk about Predator 2, leave the party after you make this point. And mine is... Drop the mic, yeah. Is, yeah, is that... Uh, Predator should have never been anything other than a standalone film. Predator should have been Boogie Nights. Predator should have been all those things that you really want a sequel for, but you don't get it. Right. Because it doesn't deserve one. It's not deserved to the franchise to make one. Children of Men. Yeah, Children of Men. Like, so many movies that we've covered. Like, look, Last Samurai, I love. I love The Patriot. Don't make a sequel. They're already, like... More Samurai with Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> They're already gimmicky enough. You know, like, the yeah. first Predator is in that middle category that we talk about for a reason. And yeah. we love that movie so much. But, like, you care about Carl Weathers. Yeah. And you care about Bill Duke. And you care about Schwarzenegger. And, like, all the aspects of the film are so much better done than this movie so like my and then there's all the predators and and like you know alien versus predator and the whole franchise that whole nightmare it, it should have all just not happened and look at terminator yeah so just the first two so i think this is a great this is a great segue for us because this kind of it will invite the conversation for what this episode is mostly going to be about so to date including the predator if i am counting correctly there have been six predator films right mm-hmm. there, there was not a third avp right there's aliens versus predator alien versus predator requiem was, there wasn't a third one, was there? I honestly could not tell you, even though I've seen every single one. I think there've been two AVPs. So uh, there have been six films in the Predator franchise. We can both agree that five of them are bad. Uh, neither of us have watched The Predator, by the way. I had a screening. I, I kind of like Alien versus Predator, the first one, where they go in really? the temple and the, yeah, like, the yeah, ice yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually Under... I, I saw that in theaters as a kid, and I yeah. think that, or not as a kid, but you know when it came out. Yeah, right, ten I, years ago. No. Yeah, I think that is why I have a slight. <laughs> like affection for that film, but they're all bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, neither of us have watched The Predator yet. Um, no. I had a screening I was supposed to go to this week in New York. I ended up having to go on a later flight. I missed it, and I haven't been particularly compelled to watch it. I've heard pretty bad stuff about it, so I would imagine I will watch it. Um, but all that being said, this franchise started in 1987. Yes. 31 years later, we've got six films and only one good one, and it was the original film. 
why did the tone of this franchise change so much? Why did the first film succeed, and why have all the rest of them failed? I think that's the first question I want to try to really break down. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> so what is it about the first one that we love so much? And and I think what it is is that it feels, even though there's ridiculous moments around it, it actually feels like an intense horror movie when the Predator's just hunting them, you yeah, know? Yeah, one of the things that I will say a lot about that film, and I know I've, I've made reference to it, and I think probably I talked about it on the episode we did, because we covered Predator 1 three years ago. We covered it on one of the first episodes. It's like yeah. the sixth episode or something like that. One of my favorites we ever did. Um, we both love Predator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You made me really, truly love Predator before I just liked it, and yeah. now I'm in love with it. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. And, and uh, I think what makes the first Predator so good for me is it has all of the elements that, like, like, all right, I actually, uh, I guessed oh, it last night. You know this, this is a shout-out to a member of the Action Army here. Um, I guessed it on Eddie Green's Terminator 101 podcast last night. Uh, right, yeah, you were telling me about that. This morning, and so Eddie did a, did a, he's doing a show that's all about, like, Terminator news, Terminator interviews, getting ready for this next film next year. And so one of the things that I mentioned, though, is if you think about the mid-'80s and the brand of Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Stallone, these guys, there was this real, like, we're tough guys who make serious movies but don't take ourselves that seriously. That's kind of what the tone was. Yeah. So, but as you transitioned into the 90s, into the mid-90s, you saw Schwarzenegger going from, like, trying out twins to making Junior, to making Batman and Robin, to making, like, silly movies. Like, his movies got sillier and sillier, Kindergarten Cop. Like, he started wanting to make comedies. Same with Stallone. Stallone in in, in the mid-90s started doing the same thing. And so I think sort of the, uh, the brand that was associated with these guys, their movies became a lot more lighthearted. And I think the thing that makes that first Predator so good is McTiernan wanted to make a serious movie. Like, when they're in that helicopter and they're all listening to the music and they're getting ready to jump out of the helicopter and all of a sudden that music cuts and the red light goes on, you're like, it's the middle of the night. These guys are jumping out of a helicopter into the middle of the jungle. They have no idea what's out there. And we don't know what's out there. Schwarzenegger <clears throat> admittedly looks pretty tough in that movie. He's oh, he looks super yoked, shredded. Dude. Him and Weathers look yoked. Bill Duke's like pretty intimidating. Like the characters don't seem as silly. No, they're all awesome. And so 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 the movie takes itself more seriously, which is really important. Whereas in like Predator 2, it you can't start it off with this like crazy like warfare madness and then dumb down the movie to just this cat and mouse tale about like people we don't care about also predator 2 thought that it was like we're gonna go hard r we're gonna make yeah. this even more gory and, and and effed up and like we're gonna have like crazy gratuitous sex and so much violence and like really crude jokes like i mean I, paxton's line actually when he comes in is like one of my favorites he's, he's like doctor tells me he needs a semen stool and urine sample i'm like look guy i'm in a i'm in a rush can i just leave you in my underwear <laughs> And I'm like, I love Paxton I so much. Yeah, it's like I love Paxton, but when you were talking, I, I had the, the idea that like <clears throat> the reason that Predator is so quotable yeah. is because Arnie saying things with a hundred percent sincerity, <laughs> yeah, yeah, poorly pronouncing them yeah, yeah, is yeah. like wonderful. Like, it's amazing. Meat grinder. Yeah, you know, like so you cooked up a story and threw the six hours into a meat grinder. What happened to you, Dylan? This covered in this stuff. Yeah, like these things are so great. And then what they tried to do in Predator Two was make those quotes. They made they tried to make the quotability by like writing things that like Busey would say or that Paxton would say that they thought would be like, oh, check that off. That's cool on paper. Yeah, yeah. D gloves saying stuff like shit happens. Yeah. Or, or like his one line is my favorite because I watched this twice because I fell asleep the first I time. I had to watch it twice too because I could hardly get through it. Uh, he like he's in like that. Um, 
that like trailer at just before Keys goes into the, the meat packing thing. Right. And the guy's like, "What are you doing? You can't go in there." And he literally turns around. And he goes, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the line. That's huh? aggressive. <laughs> I was like, that's the line. I huh? like, great, great writing, guys. I'm glad you were creative on that one because, like, it's like a moment. They like, he like turns close up on his face, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and like the uh, the amount of scenes that they would start with Danny Glover running away from them and running into them was pretty <laughs> phenomenal. And I, and I just like imagine like this whole like set and Danny Glover's like you just got to run from here to here. And the very first one uh, is when he's like leaving the beginning after like the crazy like the yeah. ambulance scene. All the people are, he's like get out of my way and he like runs. If you watch him, he stops running at the end of the scene. <laughs> he like loses his pace because it's like the end of the set. And I just I just found it very comical. It like. <laughs> yeah, because so, so my story about this film is that when I was a little kid, and I don't know, if you, I don't know if you had the same experience, but like, so I loved comic books growing up, and there was this thing they used to do where a feature film would come out and they would release a an, an adapted comic book version, right, of the feature film. So you, I've talked about this before because I had my older brother had one for Return of the Jedi. He also had one for Predator Two. That's pretty sweet. And uh, well, the Return of the Jedi one. So I, I knew Return of the Jedi better than any of the Star Wars films because I had read that comic book so many times. But like the Predator Two comic book, I had like it's this, it's all of it. It's like even word for word in a lot of cases, it's like the hottest summer on record, Predator Vision, like all of it. And so. I like really remember a lot about this movie because of that comic book, not because I've seen the movie a bunch of times. That's pretty funny. And like I and and so but I just I just like remember watching this as a kid and being like, oh, I mean like, you know, Predator's sweet and there's like Batman versus Predator comics and then my dad loves the Predator movie. I was like, this must be a good movie. I was like, I, like it didn't occur to me as a kid that Predator 2 was bad. Right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's because when you're a kid, you just you kind of just take what you're given. It was like really know? violent and awesome. Yeah. Like, Predators in it. Danny Glover's saying bad words. Right. You know, like all these things. Where do you think on the where do you think on the list of people they wanted to star in this film Danny Glover was? Oh, like 13th. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like probably like at least 7th or 8th. They're but like, like definitely probably pretty low down there. They're like, "Hey D Gloves, can you uh you talk to Mel, see if he wants to star in this. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. And then, like, what did he say? He, he said no. He's, he said he's not interested, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I was going to say, could you ask Joe Pesci, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, like, Danny Glover's not a leading man. <laughs> no. Like, this is, it's, like, made so evident in this film. Like, I feel like everyone, every day when they must have come to set, were probably just like, what is it? All right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Stephen Hopkins. Stephen making a film. Hopkins making movies. Yeah, we'll get to the director in a second here. But I, I think uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, as the franchise continues because we pretty much can just erase the AVP movies. They're they're a different uh, class of movie. They like – Right. They're really – they're what they really are is like making sequels like in the vein of like Friday the 13th 6. They're like horror movies basically. Yeah. Slasher movies that are kind of low budge. They get, a, they get a theatrical release but nobody's seeing them for like – like, Predator's a, an American classic action movie directed by John McTiernan, who directed fucking Die Hard. Like, right. it's, a different, it's a different breed of movie. Whereas, like, this is a guy that you've hardly ever heard of. If you go and you look at the movies that he's made, there's, like, first job was Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Yeah, you right. Know, like, things like that. Yeah, like, these, the, the, the AVP films are not even, not, they're, they're, they should be directed by Baltasar Cormacur, but yes. he's, like, way too talented You for love them. him. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like that name. Um, so, we skip those two films. We get into Predators. Yes. Um, and now Predators is produced by Robert Rodriguez. It's directed by somebody named Nimrod something. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a weird one. Like, And uh, I saw this film <clears throat> the year after it came out. I imagine you probably did too. This feels like yeah, it's yeah. Time this period. is one that I kind of I, I feel like I might have missed just a little bit, but I, I have seen it and I and you know you and I went in or we didn't watch it together, but we tried this week to watch all three of the films Predator, yeah. Predator Two, and, and Predators, and like <sighs> Predators is such an interesting film because like you've got multiple Academy Award winners in there, yeah, Mahershala Ali and Adrian Brody, and and you've got. The, the money, you've got the budget, the set design, you've got an, a great supporting cast, but like you and I talked about how Adrian Brody might be the most miscast person in a film ever in this movie. It's so laughable. He's just always talking like this. Yeah. You got you got Larry Fishburne, Walton Goggins. Yeah, who also talks like this. Like even even Larry Fishburne is talking with a weird voice. And then well, Walton Goggins Yeah, I'll leave real quick. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> and then Walton Goggins is just like doing what he does, being kind of a fuck. Do you know that's the first time I've ever heard you not call him Walter Goggins? It's because you said Walton first. <laughs> you were going to say Specifically, Walt. I was like, God, what is that guy's name again? I hate him. I hate him so much. But I actually like Walton Goggins. He's I actually really like him as a character actor. They just took, they literally, all they did was take Sam Rockwell from the Green Mile and just put him in Predators. Yes. Yeah, it's the yeah, same it's character. It's exactly the same thing. Just like this, he's, the whole monologue he has about like, when I get out of this jungle, he's like, I can't wait to just go back and rape all these beautiful, you're just like, uh, who even wrote this yeah. and then greenlit and then like on set with the women around being like that's good that's a take we're that's gonna take. Move, moving on yeah oh yeah it's uh the writing in this film is suspect well so that's again like so is that like one of the biggest things about why this franchise just goes downhill is because the writing in predator is so simple it's just so straightforward so sweet but they're like, here's a list of ten words we want to hear Schwarzenegger say. <laughs> yes, let's put these all in the script. <laughs> exactly, like meat grinder, meat grinder, like, cabinet minister. <laughs> yeah, they like, put all these consonants next to each other to be like, this will fuck with Arnie. He's gonna hate this. He's gonna say armed a bunch of times. Uh, so what happened? So so what we got when we walked away from that conversation was that what happened to Adrian Brody's career. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. We'll get back to Predators in a little bit. But um, I, I think, as you guys can tell, what we're going to do with today's episode is we're going to jump around a bit. Um, so that question is a very interesting one. Yeah. What the hell happened to Adrian Brody's career and why? And uh, if you guys haven't looked recently, and, and maybe if you're young, if you're younger viewers, you don't really know who Adrian Brody is. Which is um, interesting. Yeah, so we're 30, both of us. Um, you are a career actor. That's what you are doing and want to do. So you've been paying attention to great performances your whole life. I'm a big movie fan. Yeah. So when this movie came out, when, when The Pianist, sorry, the film that he won his best actor for, uh, he actually went to the same acting school I went to. Really? Um, I remember, yep. He, uh, so I, when I, some of you guys probably don't know this, but I moved to L.A., a long time ago, when I was 17, I moved here. Um, I went to a one year at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and he went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. So he was one of our alumni that was on the wall when I was going there. And he was 27, I believe, when he won his Best Actor. Wow. 2002. It's, it was the youngest ever. Um, he's really good. It's a Roman Polanski oh, film. He's, from, he's incredible, yeah. From 02. It's like he's cast for a number of different reasons. He looks very classically Jewish. Yep. Uh, he has a lot of features uh, that kind of feel like he's an old school Jewish man. Um, and he's great. And you kind of assumed... And this guy was doing like Xenia ads in magazines. I remember he's like tall and skinny. Like yeah, yeah he's yeah, like yeah. super handsome. Just like this guy, where you're like, man, this guy's the limit for this guy. He should be able to have a massive career for a long he, time. He seemed like he was gonna be like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, exactly. Seemed like he was gonna be Leo. I totally agree. One hundred percent. And and then 
And then I'm assuming you're going to pull up his career right now. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. And then you look at the movies that he did afterwards, and it's not like he just picked a bunch of bad films or he had a bunch of bad performances. He just kind of waned from the public eye because I don't think he took enough roles that made him stand out like this one did. So I remember the first time I ever saw Adrian Brody was in a film called Liberty Heights. Um, I think I probably saw Liberty Heights after I saw The Pianist, but Liberty Heights is a film directed by Barry Levinson. It's his third film in the Baltimore trilogy that he did alongside Diner, Tin Men, Avalon. I guess it's the fourth. I guess he did four. Um, And he's good. He's like, uh, it's him and Ben Foster. Actually, when I I met Ben Foster, that was what I talked about was Liberty Heights. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Brody is great in that film. He's younger. It's like, that's like 99. And he's up and coming, you know, and he's kind of not quite a child actor, but he takes... He takes the pianist in 02. He wins the Oscar. And here's his next five years. Okay. The Singing Detective is the next year, which, if I remember correctly, is directed by Mel Gibson, I think. Jesus, I've right? never even heard of that movie. No, Keith Gordon. Mel Gibson's in it. It was like, eh. Yeah, it was Downey. The Village. Remember The Village? Uh, I love The Village. Yeah, you do like that movie. I actually really like The Village. And that's two years after, you know, it's a, it's a Shyamalan movie falling up signs. And so he that's... does, like, you know, he's got a, he, he does a... A very strong character performance in that he plays like a, a mentally handicapped brother of Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, he's taking he's taking what he believes to be interesting roles Risks. here because yeah yep. yeah Shyamalan at that point was was pretty hot. He was making like really good movies. Oh yeah, he was one of the top directors in the world. Yeah, he had made Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. So The Village was his next film. You know, after that he does King Kong and the Jacket. Do you remember the right. Jacket? The Jacket. Kira Knightley. It was like her movie that she did <laughs> after pirates they're like king kong in the jacket it's the biggest jacket you've ever seen and adrian brody makes it for king kong uh no i have not seen the jet oh i haven't seen it but i remember it now i remember like trailers for some, it. some like psychological thriller yeah i was in yeah. love with kira knightley so i watched it several times how was it it's fine. Right. It's not a great movie. I'd probably never want to watch it again. But so we're still in a period here where he's he's, he's picking reasonable again, projects. He's not doing yeah. He's not doing bad films. Hollywood mm-hmm. Land, which is is known for for Affleck's performance. You have the Darjeeling Limited. You know he does right. That. There's a he big does, one for Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And then he does the Brothers Bloom, which I remember is the follow up to uh, Brick by Ryan Johnson. This mm-hmm. was like his second film, I think, or uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, weird weird one for him. Yeah, with Ruffalo, and that's kind of this is where it starts to 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 kind of go sideways because he does. Cadillac Records, Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's fine. It's a good one. Yeah, it's fine. Predators, 2010, kind of a flop. Some movies you've never heard of, The Experiment, Wrecked, Detached. So that's what it is. Is It's over the next eight years, he just picks a bunch of medium roles. Like, why does the Academy Award winner from The Pianist not play the leading role in The Village? That's why. And, and maybe it's his manager. Maybe it's his marketing team. Maybe it's his agent. Like, yeah, it's a it's an interesting role because, ah, well, that one's tough because it's M. Night Shyamalan at the time. Like, I understand it. But, like, the rest of the films there, it's like, why isn't he working with – Roman Polanski was one of the biggest directors in the world at the time. You yeah. know? I mean, obviously, yeah. Fallen from Grace. But, like – and then Wes Anderson, like uh, I don't know the projects. It's like the ones that he did work with, but I, it's not even. To be honest with you, when you look at the, the you look at the rest of it, it's not the worst. It's, right? No, it's that's the thing is it's really not. He's got he's got Grand Budapest in there. Yeah, he's got uh, Midnight in Paris, which was a big movie. These are all Woody Wes Allen. Anderson films. Oh no, that's uh, Woody Allen. Allen. Yeah, but on the whole, his last ten years has been pretty pretty unexciting. And I think, you know, I think uh, did Walmart just tweet that? Walmart just tweeted that I'm the goat. No. That's Somebody exactly responded. what happened. That's not what happened. That's exactly what happened right there. 
because someone responded with because of the guys. Sorry, this is uh, this is just <laughs> something that we have to talk about because it's a real thing. Walmart's um, got nine hundred twenty-seven thousand followers. Yes, and they just called me the goat. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so happy. <laughs> the largest North American retail corporation in the world just acknowledged that Andrew Guy is the goat. That's a screenshot. That's you a need big, to send yeah. that to Christian. It's a big deal. That's got to be in your next match. Yeah, it has to be. That's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Speaking of, we might as well take a slight uh, a vacation from destroying this film because, um, I mean, not even destroying the film, but the franchise, and talk a little bit about things to come. Uh, just a, just a slight break because I don't like when we get too negative. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk really quickly about what we're doing this weekend, and then we'll come right back into oh, we what have we're some talking about. Very exciting things coming up here. Um, this is going to be our fist pump moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, this is. is that moment when something happens, you're just like yes. Get to watch the rest of this movie. So um, that didn't oh, happen for us. Yeah. <laughs> Not in this film, though. Busey showing up was pretty exciting. So over on the couch here, uh, on the other side of the room, we've got uh, some packages. They were shipped today and arrived. Uh, they were waiting for us in the studio today with this, with a personal message written from two very special people. Yes. Um, very very special. And those people are Andrew Guy and just no. <laughs> I wrote it to Ben. <laughs> uh, we got a message. Uh, it's written to the commanders in chief of the Action Army. You've given us three years of kick-ass entertainment with the best damn movie show the internet has to offer. From every, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker, to damn him, damn that man. From Cruz to Cage, Denzel to Jerry B, Diane to Alicia, that's Diane Lane. And from the rules to the pitch. This is our time to give something back. We hope you both enjoy the nectar of the gods and the glasses to house it. We encourage you to open this bad boy for the watch-along. May there be a few more hundred episodes. We salute you. Hashtag the two assholes, Jarvi and Denuso. Just the... That right there is about as much of a, a fist pump salute. It's such a it's such a special feeling when you feel like there are people in the world who appreciate what you do as much as the work that it takes you to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, it's really just for you guys. It just is. 100%. You know, it's like we, you know, Ben and I don't get a whole lot out of doing this other than that we love doing it for our fans and our friends. And that's really what I think is so important is that it's it's not really just about fans. That's why I hate calling them fans. Is I feel like it, everyone in the Army has actually become a friend of Ben and mine. Like, I, I know a lot of personal details about a lot of your guys' lives, uh, struggles and triumphs between and, like, it's just such an honor, and uh, and you know Ben and I actually had a moment to talk last week about how nice it's been that we have AMA and the Patreon to actually build our own friendship. Like we're yeah. so busy these days that we don't even get time to to hang with one another. So yeah, you know Jarvi Denuso, we love you guys. We salute you. And uh, is there anything else you want to say about it? It's just a huge thank you, and and uh, you know it's a funny episode to be promoting it on because I know not a lot of people are going to be watching this episode, but. Um, we have a drunk watch along we're doing this weekend. Yes, that's, we do. That's what these packages were sent to us for. We were instructed to not open them until we're on the drunk watch along. And if we didn't love you guys so much, we would not listen. Yeah. But we, we will listen. We'd reseal them and lie. But <laughs> we, absolutely, we would. We're still going to do that. No, uh, <laughs> so uh, we have these packages we're going to open on the drunk watch along. The drunk watch along is this weekend. Yes. Um, it is Saturday, the 15th of September, and it is at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going to be w- live watching Mission Impossible 3 complete with count to 10 uh owen davian yes. uh, Cruz running through china his signature run we've got games we've got booze that we're going to be well actually we don't know what the booze is anymore 
we will have booze in the future where we're, yeah. we're, we're, probably, we're gonna buy another bottle We've of course got, uh, <laughs> we, we are currently supposed to have a special guest Tom Dagnino we have some scheduling working out right now with him we believe Tom Dagnino will be there at 2pm hanging out with us my manager in the movie trivia showdown currently watching this film with us yeah um, and yeah we're gonna be you know playing games currently we have two drinking games decided yeah we're gonna come up with a third game tonight as well as releasing a video on our Patreon patreon.com slash team action this video will I believe be free just for everyone to know uh just to know the five things that you need for this drunk watch do you want to talk about the games we have decided uh yeah so uh ben and i each we we were in different (laughs) states uh, across the u.s and ben texts me he's like yo we need to come up with games uh can you go live today and i was like i'm really busy um can you do it he's like i'm gonna go on a plane till late he's like i'll I'll do it obviously but if you could and so i got out of like i got out of work at like (laughs) six and i was like walking over to my car and i was like i know what i'll do i'll mill around in the parking lot and talk about drinking exactly exactly (laughs) exactly what i did (laughs) I was like, I gotta get my light with the sun here, and I decided that every single time, because I, re- I I feel like he doesn't run as much in this movie as mm. other ones, yeah. other than the very long run. Uh, but my rule, and here we go, I'm gonna go here, is every single time that Tom Cruise runs in Mission Impossible Three, you must take a drink. Mm. Mm. It's a good one. It's gonna be a good one. And I almost feel like we should just have to do a full pull the whole time he's running at the end of the movie. But we'd probably die if we did that. Just a bottle pull. Just bottle pulling through the whole thing. Maybe we'd we die. have maybe we have some forties on site. We can do that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, because we're too classy to drink twelve ounces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I came up with one as well, guys. And mine is uh, is every time one of those uh, fake. Mass- Mask ripoffs happens where you find out that it's not the person you thought you were watching, but it's in fact someone else because they ripped their face off. Uh, <laughs> you take a drink. So those are the two drinks, the drinking games that we have established so far. Uh, quick clarification: we will not be disgracing this studio with our antics. We're no, be doing we will it not. Offsite. We'll be doing it offsite. We will be Ubering <laughs> to and from location, and we will be ordering food. Uh, we're we're going to be as responsible as we can about this. So uh, with without any more information, we digress. This is going to go back to our Predator episode. Terrific. Lovely. Um, do you have any fist pump moments at all from any of these movies? I mean, not Predator 1 included. Cause... Right, of course. Uh, I personally actually did have one from last night, and I think it's almost the same as yours. It's when Busey shows up, but it's not <laughs> just when he shows up. I, I have it specifically written down. It's because he says uh, his line... Lions where he goes and tigers i've waited a lifetime for this and i'm not gonna miss a chance i was like yes you're going to die you're it's gonna such die a gruesome death. yeah i was like you're gonna get a brutal brutal death you're probably even gonna get scarred first and mm. then they did yeah so that was actually my fist pump like a, it was a true fist pump because i like because you know again and, and as many people have said in the chat like they had a really hard time getting all the way through this movie oh yeah and I really did too especially because I tried to watch it on uh, what's today Thursday one so Tuesday <laughs> I tried to watch it Tuesday night I think Keys then Keys right like I tried watching this couldn't watch won't be watching the episode yeah <laughs> it's like, like straight up like you guys are not doing yourselves favors <laughs> and and like I tried to watch it on Tuesday night and I realized after. It finished that I didn't watch any of it. Did you play Clash the whole time? I played Clash the entire time. Can you do that? Because I am trying. I'm telling you, I'm tried. I like am noticing the motor function difference of a single second you miss. Yeah, is the difference between winning and losing a game? It is. You can't watch a movie and play. No, you, you, you can listen playing. to the movie. Yeah, that's totally. it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I can't do this again. Uh, and so last night I tried to watch it, and in that moment when it happened, when Busey said that, I was like, I almost texted you. But I'd, 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 we were already like been texting back and forth about other stuff. But I was playing Clash. But I was so playing I Clash. So I didn't want to. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my moment. I, I think it was because I was like, "This is 
Oh, it's because I already knew your fist pump was when Busey showed up. You That's just why. Feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I love when Busey shows up. This is one of the movies that you know. I've, I think I've told the story on here before, but you know, my brother gave me a, a VHS copy of Point Break when I was growing up, and that's how I got into Point Break. And Busey's so sweet in Point Break; he's so easy to make fun of because he's got all these lines, like the meatball sandwiches line, and he's just so silly. There's something about the sound of his voice and his teeth. So I had this phase in seventh grade where I watched like. 12 Busey movies. I watched right. like... Oh, yeah. You told me about this. You've seen more Busey movies than anyone I know. Yeah, I watched... I mean, I'm talking about some bad ones. I watched like... I watched Buddy Holly's Story and I watched Big Wednesday. I watched Foolin' Around. I watched... Um, oh, my God. Foolin' Around, you literally can't even get. I had to order a VHS copy off eBay. <laughs> um, like, I watched Breaking Point, which he did two years after Point Break. I watched Drop Zone. I watched Surviving the Game. I watched Chrome Soldiers. I watched... like. I watched so many bad Busey movies, it was outrageous. Right. Um, and this is one of the ones I remember watching. Like, if this movie ever comes up, I, like, know it so well that his character's name is Keys. I was like, actually, you know, uh, Busey was in Predators. I was like, yeah, he plays Keys. Yeah, he plays Keys. <laughs> like, yes! Yes! <laughs> Finally, it all paid off. That's the thing about this whole uh, movie trivia showdown thing is now all that useless knowledge we've had our whole lives mm. will come to the forefront and make yes. us seem like champions for a moment. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple here. Don't really have one. Paxton. He is a lovable douchebag, very much like an Aliens, but not totally an unredeemable character. Excuse me. He goes out as a hero in the end. Nice. Yeah. Nice touch. I like that. Uh, Paul Denuso. Alien skull in the Predator ship. Uh, I did like the initial cleaning of the skull of the uh, the gang member. Totally. I was really worried that he was drinking the straw, though. You know how it's like slurping (laughs) off? I was like, man, if he's drinking out of this, I'm turning it off. If he's drinking this, I'm turning it off. An enormous straw. Yeah, I was like, this is a predator straw. Uh, Thank God it wasn't. Also, I'm an idiot for thinking that they would even do that. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. uh, Alex McFarlane, my favorite thing is the fist bump is the alien... Oh, it's of aliens and Paxton yelling game <laughs> over, man. Uh, we couldn't agree more. We yeah. love Paxton so much. Yeah, um, yeah so that's it. That's Move. a great reminder, by the way. If anybody if anybody here, because you never really know where in the story people are finding this. And like yeah, why like was, where they came along. Yeah. Um, we did an episode on Paxton after his uh, untimely death last year, and uh, we called it Paxton Movie Anatomy. And we was kind of a Twister episode. We like talk about Twister, which I know, uh, which is Zachary Shelton, one of his favorite films. So yeah. shout out to you, Zach, whose birthday was last week, and we yeah happy shout out birthday, Shaq, Zach. Way to remember, man. We uh, felt bad about that. Yeah, and so you had asked about that. So that episode actually kind of doubles as a Twister episode. We talk about him a lot, um, but uh, but I love Pax, and that's a fun one to go back and revisit. So yeah, I think I think your fist pump moment there is pretty is pretty strong. <laughs> There's definitely some in this movie that I remember, like. I just can't stress enough how much this movie reminds me of being like eight. It like there's just something about this movie that like makes like Predator as a. I had all the Batman versus Predator comics. I like I remember. Oh, I forgot. I knew those existed. Yeah. Are I, they are they sweet? I don't have any idea. Right. I thought <laughs> right? I thought so when I was eight. Like they were great. I had them all. I read them endlessly. Um, no, I mean there's like a lot of shit in this movie that's just like like total fist pump worthy. I mean. Definitely everything Busey says. One of my favorite things, and uh, again, I, I was on a podcast called So Fast, So Furious this week. Okay. Um, it'll air on the Film Threat Network, I think. Um, friend oh, yeah, of mine yeah, yeah. You're me about this. the host of it. I don't think it's actually premiered yet, but it's about to. And one of the things we were talking about is like this, this age-old tradition in stupid action movies where the FBI are total dickbags. Oh, always. And they're incompetent. And the cops are like... They're like, you're not on the street, man. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. And like, that's totally this. Keys is totally that dickbag who's like, you don't understand what you're dealing with. Which is so funny because now that we're 
now that time has just moved forward, we all know that it's the exact opposite. But for some reason, back in the day, we just loved the idea that every cop on the street was a genius. Die Hard, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Al is way more capable than these than Johnson and Johnson. Every movie, the FBI are jackass idiots, or <laughs> and so is the U.S. government. Even even down to the Rock. Oh yeah, the government's the only idiots in the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> every time. It's so amazing. Like, this movie has that same thing. Um, the one guy, like uh, Keys' right-hand man, that actor who's in all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The white guy, real square-jawed, kind of handsome. Who's Keys? <laughs> Busey. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I know exactly Christmas. who you're talking about. He was uh, he was in The Patriot as the traitor. Yeah, and isn't he in Independence Day? Isn't he the general yeah, who he... like blows up with his nuke or whatever? He's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah, what about him? Just he's, oh, just, he's of one course of those, he's in there. Of course he is. Yeah, he's, he's one like of those guys made... that's in all these movies. Like <laughs> you're like, oh, another uh, another throwaway action character yeah. part. You know the tertiary character? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Though he doesn't die, he survives at the end. Shocking. Shocking. Like everyone else does. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Stephen Hopkins, the director of this film. Yeah. Um, in Australia, I'm just going to read this. In Australia, he made the. Uh, Dangerous Game, 1987. This helped him get a job directing Nightmare on Elm Street 5, mm. The Dream Child. And what I think is so interesting about this is he always talks about films and like what his mentality was when making them. And then in hindsight, it's always like, I probably could have done a little bit differently. Uh, so he's like, later, Hopkins said, I went at it like a dog and had a wild, fun time. But when I look back, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I don't understand how it all occurred. And, and then he talks about Predator 2. He's like... Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, film, the film was a mistake. <laughs> I'm pretty immature, really. So it was kind of a laugh. And then he followed it with Judgment Night, in which he says, uh, it was a mess. I haven't been able to watch it. <laughs> so, like, uh, again, after Predator 2, he said he looked around for a good film for a long time, and I couldn't get anything I wanted to. I didn't realize the Hollywood trick in American action movies. People get shot to death and their arms are blown off, and they get up and they're fine. These are films that are supposed to be fun. There'd be fun things that people can laugh at. I always thought, that's wrong. That's not what violent is. I took these films too seriously, and I tried to add pr- profound depths, and that's not what I wanted. You either do that to a film, or, uh, yeah, the rest of it doesn't matter, but, like, he thought he was being profound in this movie oh, yeah. with the violence that he injected in it. What <laughs> He did, like, uh, several... So, like, I've actually seen several of his films, like... Obviously, Predator 2. We both like The Ghost in the Darkness enough. Oh, I forgot he did that. I love Ghost in the Darkness. That movie's enough. Yeah. Uh, like, and I think there's one more kind of legit movie that he directed. I don't have it in front of me. I know recently he did Race with uh, uh, with, with, with Jeremy Irons and all. And, yeah, Sudeikis. 20, 2016, I think that was. Uh-huh. Um, About I, Jesse Jesse Owens, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I saw that film. And uh, it's, you know, it was, it was pretty good. It was fine. It wasn't like... <laughs> I've been very high this whole episode. I just realized, well, hey, I've been very tall. I see. Yes. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, was it good? It was It was just whatever? It was fine. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was memorable enough, but, uh, you know, not, not great. He's just one of these directors that, like, he made enough things that have been seen and are notable that, like, I guess he's worth knowing who he is, but, like, he's not actually significant at all. What do you all? think Joel Silver was thinking? Joel Silver produced this film. What do you think he was thinking throughout this where it was just like what happened? Like what happened from from the first film to this film? <laughs> I think everybody involved was so coked out in 1988. Oh when my they were god. Vetting the script probably. Oh, Lost in Space is the other movie that he did that's significant. He directed oh, Lost in Space. Really? When we were kids. That's the one. Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Right? And like that movie, I don't know if that movie's any good, but like that movie is as a kid, it seemed good, right? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, yeah Lost no, in Space, actually, 98. William Hurt. And, yeah, yeah, Ghost in the Darkness, 96. <clears throat> Wait, isn't Gary Oldman in that also? Uh-huh. Yeah. He did too many space movies in the 90s. Predator. Yeah. So he's done three movies that we've distinctly seen. So uh, talking about how much money this movie made, it was it was produced by Fox and it had a $35 million budget. It was released around Thanksgiving in 1990. It grossed $30 million domestic and additional 26 worldwide for a grand total of 57 which just goes to show you how much Arnold's star power was needed in to, to, in order to make this film successful. Oh, completely. Like, didn't. Danny Glover, as opposed to Arnold, is like night and day. The domestic lost $5 million on a franchise that had had a hit three years earlier. Like a massive hit. One of the biggest films ever. And it opened at number four behind Dances with Wolves in week three. Yep. Three Men and a Little Lady, which I don't even know what that is. I thought maybe it was a typo and you meant Three Men and a Baby. I but... did just type Three Men and a Baby originally and it wasn't, it's not the case. It's not, it's not a film. Not during that time. And then Home Alone made $20 million in its second week. So it wasn't that people weren't going to the movies. It was just no one wanted to see Danny Glover in Predator. Is Three Men and a Little Lady the sequel? It's gotta be, right? I don't know. Because Three Men up. and a Baby, I think, is like 88 maybe? Three Men and a Little Lady. So this is two years later? And then Home Alone, yeah, in week two. Dances with Wolves wins Best Picture. This is just such a throwaway movie at the time. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it it's is. a sequel. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Did Tom Selleck come back? He did. So did Ted Danson. Terrific. And Steve Gutenberg. The whole cast. The whole cast. The 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know what doesn't have a percentage from top critics? This, this film. film. <laughs> they were unwilling to review it. <laughs> like, we're not going to do it. It's got a 28% by all critics, Oof. a 43 by audience, but a 6.3 <laughs> on IMDb, which hmm. just goes to show, once again, just totally helps your argument in the fact that it is just, IMDb is just ludicrous. The yeah. fact that Children of Men is not in the top 250 and the fact that this movie has a 6.3 when mm. it's unwatchable, yep, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Favorite uh, line? I already told you mine. The, I don't know. Uh, I don't, there are no that's, lines that that's I like. That's fine. Yeah. I, I am not going to put that pressure on you of doing that. Uh, I, I am a question. I have one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, who asked it? Got in here. If you were going to say something, please continue. I don't want to cut you off, but I have this. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I think what I was going to say about this film is that, um, there's nothing to say about this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel Sala, I believe, is who asked in the chat. Uh, big news yesterday in the movie world. Henry Cavill seems to no longer be Superman. Now, it's not been confirmed, and he released that, like, cryptic video of him, like, sitting there playing music and, like, holding up his toy and putting it down, wearing the Krypton, Kryptonite gym shirt. I don't know if you saw that. Cavill did? Yeah. That sounds so emo. Yeah, it's literally just him sitting there and music's playing and he like lifts up the toy and puts it down. He posted this himself? Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's it's like of him making a home video at home. He's holding a toy? It's like a boxed toy and he like lifts up the box. I don't know if it's a reference or something because I'm not a nerd. Can you pantomime it for me? I, I think he, <laughs> I literally think he's just sitting there and the camera's like straight ahead. The music's playing and he just like picks it up and he just keeps staring ahead. And then he puts it down. Marissa, is this something that we're able to, like, play on the show, maybe? Is that, like, a clip we can find? Uh, Cavill? Is it on his Twitter or his Instagram or something? I will look it up for you. Okay. I saw something about how, like, John Hamm would be a good next Batman. I could kind of be into that. But he's also, he's like, a little old. too old. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked I liked Gyllenhaal. I thought that was a strong choice. I think Cavill is a great Superman. I really do. Like, I think he's a great Clark Kent and a great Superman. And I, and I think that people are just a little... Harsh, yeah, there it is. That's perfect. 
Yeah, huh. it even looks mm-hmm. emo. You know, I had predicted a, a while back that I thought Cavill was going to exit before he was in another film. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's good for his career. Honestly, yeah, he's 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 a pretty he's a good enough actor. Yeah, and like he's, he's also, got a great look. Yeah, he's young enough to still. He's like really got he he's got a solid like ten years of like prime time stuff ahead of him. I think. Yeah, because uh, I'll bet you Cavill like what if Man of Steel was twenty thirteen? He's probably like thirty five. Yeah, I mean he's he look and he takes fantastic care of himself. Uh, I like him as as Superman. I don't want him to go. I, I I don't think that he should. Is this is this going now, Marissa? Krypton, huh? Yeah, it says Krypton weightlifting, I believe. So he's sitting there and he looks up. God, how emo is this? And there's music playing. What's the song playing, Marissa? It's not Hello Darkness, but <laughs> yeah, and he just picks up the toy. The Superman toy. Yep. What is he doing? And what? then he puts it down. Do you not think this is absurd? I mean, of course I think it's absurd. (laughs) That's why I brought it up. And that's it. That's the end of the video. Thanks, Marissa. Thank you so much for finding that. Uh, What? Some some executive at Warner Brothers is sitting there watching this and be like, what a jack-off. We're never hiring this guy again. Never hiring him again. Five million dollars to... Nope. Gone. Um, Yeah, he's just... The Witcher. What is he doing? You saw that he booked The Witcher, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is cool. You ever played that game? Uh, no, but I've heard it's sweet. Yeah, people. Yeah, like it's it. a big one. Um, who would you like to be Superman? I don't even know. I feel like he's. Point, a, I feel like he's such a great Superman. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really hard to cast Superman. Like you, you tend to usually have to find an unknown. Yeah, you have to have a very very specific look. Yeah, and you can't be oversaturated in any market. Yeah, it's like Superman and Jesus are the two, right? That's the you. If you get cast as either one, it's supposed to kind of kill your career. Yeah, that's what people always say. Yeah, that's true. Batman, for some reason, you're able to walk away. Um, yeah, so thanks for the question, Daniel. I, I don't think Ben and I really have a great answer other than the fact that we both like Henry and we both know that it's going to be really, really hard to replace him. Uh, that video, however, really weird. I think the success of Mission Impossible 6 is a big factor in his in his bargaining power. The oh, fact, for sure. I think how like he wasn't like that great in it, he was good enough in it, but the fact the movie was such a hit and so many people saw him do something high profile that wasn't... Uh, right, but do you think it's like that that like curse of the fact that it's just Tom Cruise again? Like, honestly, dude? Because uh, if he if Henry wasn't in it, like maybe it would have had a drop off in like two percent of ticket sales. Oh, I don't think the movie was at all successful because he was involved. Right, I know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just mean like, I, I wonder if execs see that and they're like, <laughs> "Look, he did a good job," but yeah. they didn't go to see him. You know, I just think that his brand significance and their and the like marketability of him as somebody like he was seen by a ton of people yeah. in a role that wasn't uh, Superman. Yeah, and, and we liked him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool. I think that's uh, uh, three categories. <laughs> I mean, we could do each one revisiting. We always use Predator as an example. Why don't we just do all three? Okay. Um, so, yeah, guys, there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Um, you know, they are pretty self-explanatory. We've explained them a lot of times. Uh, I think Predator 2 is pretty clearly just totally ridiculous. Right? I, I completely agree. It's totally ridiculous. Any way that that's any different. What about Predators? I feel like Predators I'm actually more okay with calling uh, ridiculously legitimate. I, it's not totally legit because it's just not good. Yeah. You know? It needs to actually be good. How does it end again? Are they on a hunting planet? Is that what it is? Like when it all... <sighs> I'll be honest. I, I remember <laughs> listening to it end and, and they'd be like, how the, how the hell do we get off this planet? And using, yeah, yeah. So and, they and are. using an ice giant. And, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Ice golem. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, they do. They're on a planet, and they're like, then it ends with like, no, we need to figure out how to get out of here. Yeah, right. And then, nice. And uh, it's like, <laughs> pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's some you sort know of... What? No, I, I'm calling it totally ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> I can't listen to Adrian Brody talk like that. Fishburne, like, popping up halfway through being like, if I can smell you, they can smell you. Oh. You're like, yeah. Yeah, good one. He's been surviving for a while on this planet. <laughs> yeah, good for you. You look very clean and well-groomed for that. As a predator. <laughs> um, yeah, it... Uh... Actually, you know, Alex, what what was your Facebook question on on uh, on Facebook? Just write it again in the chat. We'll answer it right now. Go ahead. Uh, and then Predator, I'm going to stick with my original ranking with ridiculously legitimate. It's got to be the milk category. Yeah, it has to be. It, yeah. It's like the it's the outlier. It's it's the it's the baseline for for ridiculously legitimate. Yeah, it's 100. percent So I think those are uh, those are my answers to said questions. All right, what's the cabinet minister line? Someone wants me to say it. They want you to say it? They want me to say it because they know I'm bad at it. Um, the line is, this cabinet minister, does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? This cabinet minister, does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? That pretty good. Pretty good. That was pretty good. That was the best I'm ever going to do. You hit a couple of the important beats. I did, and I felt it when I started that. I was you in the could, right intonation. It was like a good swing. Yeah, I was like, you I was going good. You were going to hit, hit yeah. a home run there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you did correctly is at the end, when you say border... It's that simple. Yeah, 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 it's very important. Oh, this here we go. Is the... uh, one skill you'd learn to prep for going against a predator. I would learn uh, how to paint with mud, because as we saw in the very first film, that was a very important part of taking down the predator. Uh, you went first. Hmm. <laughs> Suspect. They wanted me to fail. <laughs> you guys wanted me to fail, but I didn't. <laughs> I mean, that's seemingly the only way that you can outsmart a predator is like <laughs> reducing your body heat temperature, so finding some way to do it. Um, so it just goes, that was a nice imp- impression of, of Ben's impression, which is actually more correct. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'd learn how to construct one of those suits that Keys wears. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. You got to go to school for a long time. For yeah, that. I'd yeah. build one. We'd basically have educations, yeah. is what we'd do. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, where does that leave us, man? I think we've we kind of talked about everything. Um, a couple shout-outs really quickly. Uh, the first one is that we have a Facebook group. We do. We have the Action Movie Anatomy Facebook group as well as the Team Action, uh, the Action Army Facebook fan page. Those are both uh, up right now. Something really cool that we did this week on Patreon.com slash Team Action is uh, for people of a certain level. I think it's generals. Maybe it's the level of four. But... Uh, yeah. It is the level before that, but no one signed up for that one, it's, so it's, it's just, just generals, the generals yeah. right now. Um, there's, if you go look at the different tiers, one of the tiers allows you to submit a movie quote or speech that you love and have us impersonate that speech for you in the voice of any character or actor you want. So in this week's case, Andrew did uh, Albert Finney doing the Independence Day speech. Yes. And I did uh, John Lithgow from Cliffhanger, Quellen. Quailin. You want to kill me, don't you, Tucker? Don't you, Tucker? Uh, and I did the uh, Tom Cruise and Magnolia respect the cock speech in Quailin's voice. So those are both up right now. Uh, they're they, up on, they were amazing. They're like I'm die. I was dying laughing watching them. Uh, they're very good. Yeah, they're really really funny. Um, I, I was showing Roxy. I was like, I was like, what do you think? And she was like, halfway through, she was like, is that my fireball? I was, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't go as well as I was hoping. That's hilarious. Uh, Addictive Gaming asked, do you think the franchise is done for now? Predator? Well, we have one last thing left to talk about, and that's called The Pitch. Um, We are supposed to do The Predator next week. I have heard such appallingly bad things about it. Marissa, up in the booth, are you there? Yes. Have you heard anything good about The Predator? No. Yeah, no. No. Ooh, she says real, real shame considering how much I love Shane Black and yeah. really wanted this movie to be good. I, I like the cast, but um, 
I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to do it. And so to answer your question on a large scale spectrum, I think the franchise should be done personally forever. Um, and much money it, makes, it sounds though. like we might be done with it. However, it, it does say Richard just said the critics are loving it. And I did see yesterday on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a decent score. Should we? What do you want to do? Maybe, maybe we wait. Maybe we wait and see it. We go. Yeah, maybe we'll. Maybe what we'll do is we'll wait and see it. If not, we have other. Nope, never mind. He's wrong. Apparently, they changed. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you recognize it on air because I was pretty sure that we were correct in saying that. Uh, yeah, we're probably just not going to do it. The, the critics are our friends, and we hear bad things. From yes, them. <laughs> exactly. The people that are filling out those reviews online that you're looking at are our friends, and uh, just because something's fun doesn't mean that it's going to be covered on AMA. Yeah, we have good movies in the can right now, mm-hmm. so I think uh, there's like some really sweet stuff, actually. Do you have any idea what was next? Uh, I, I Yeah, I can bring up some stuff. Um, so Alex McFarlane also asked if we have any guests upcoming. We do have uh, Brianne Chandler coming on the show soon for, I believe, the film Django Unchained. Yeah, we'll be doing Django with Brianne. That's a thing. I'm um, not exactly positive when that episode is coming up. but bel- also, oh, John sorry. and Greg from The Real Rejects, I think they're coming back soon. I spoke yes. with Greg a little bit about the live event, so he was excited to come back. I love those guys. They're great. Um, I think we were going to try to have... Oh, no, that was going to be for next week, and he's not coming. Thema Irwin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to try to have Ethan Irwin on for Predator, but I don't think we're going to do it anymore. So the next things we have lined up, uh, which is actually kind of nice, we can just kind of let you guys know, because we do have the next month planned out. We have The Abyss coming up next. That's yeah. for Paul DeNuzzo. Big so, shout out, Paul. Paul, that is your general reward. After that, we're going to either do uh, the Robin Hood, the new one, or we're going to do the classic Robin Hood uh, Costner. with Men in Tights. Yes, 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 <laughs> with uh, Carrie Elway. Uh, no, Prince of Thieves with Costner. Then the week after that, the 10th, we'll be doing, or actually these are all a day later, uh, the 11th, we'll be doing um, Django with Brienne. Sweet. So, so those are things that are upcoming. As for next week, we're not 100% sure, but we will obviously keep you guys posted. Yeah, and we're going to have a uh, reaction. We have the reaction to Drew's match against uh, Mark Riley that's up currently on the Patreon. And oh, sh- yes. Shmodan. We didn't do our Shmodan Corner. Um, actually, do you want to? We have like a couple minutes. Do you want to do Shmodan Corner real quick before we wrap? Yeah. I don't have uh, sunglasses. I just have these, these glasses. You look like a model. <laughs> Thank you. These are Tom Ford glasses. <laughs> are they really? Yeah. That's really nice. Thanks. Yeah. I thought you'd, I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I know you like him. Because I'm a douchebag. Well, <laughs> because we like suits and he makes suits that we can't afford. So I had to buy glasses. I instead. teed you up for that one. You, you did. didn't. You didn't. I, uh, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to call you douchebag in front of everyone on air. You. <laughs> um, so Schmodown Corner, guys. This is where we talk about the Schmodown, the movie trivia Schmodown. Andrew and I are competitors in that league. Um, so things that have happened since last we were here. Things that are coming up. The live show, the third live show. We were there. We had a great, great freaking time. We had an incredible time. Uh, obviously, the matches were great. We can't talk about anything about them yet. Um, they were fine. They yes. were, no the, team action was playing, so it didn't matter that no, much. No, uh, one of them aired already. Did it? The team match aired. Did it air on just Patreon or on the page? No, it ran on the regular page. I mean, I, I guess just to be totally yeah, safe. Yeah, I don't even care. The, the, the outcome <laughs> of the match is not really what it was about. It was about what happened after the match. Yeah. And you and I had the honor. Uh, we, we, You and I, the match ended... Uh, uh, the Intergeekdom Championship ended, and we got up from our seats, and we were going to leave. Yeah. And then, like, someone had come up to me and asked for a picture, and then another person, and then I realized there was, like, a line of people. Yeah. And then I think you made your way out. Maybe you and Roxy went somewhere for a minute. I don't know, or maybe you, I don't know. Uh, I, I decided to walk out in the lobby because they were clearing everyone out because yeah. they were doing the VIP thing. There was, like... 20 to 30 people that were just waiting to talk to us. It was amazing. It yeah. was amazing. I mean, starting with meeting fans over at... The, the Federal at the bar next door. Oh, people yeah. People come over and take pictures, yep. doing shots with fans, going back in, 
uh, you know, meeting people there for signing autographs and taking pictures. And then afterwards, after we went to get a drink over at the Federal, coming back, and there was another crowd, and we did it for another 20 minutes. It was just crazy. Like, I, Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a very surreal moment for us. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I've met fans in different settings, and obviously if you put yourself at a convention or somewhere, like that's where you meet the most people. But this was like a really just kind of a different... Like, it felt like the whole experience of Schmodown 18 months later had really come full circle. And really, like, we... It wasn't like we're up and coming and we're veterans. It's like we're stars in this league now. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, you know, we... We were at the. We've been at all three live events. We yeah. performed in the second one. We were at the first one. The first one was fine. Like we we did like a wave, and people knew we were there. We were just in the audience. You know, people. Yeah. A couple of people came up to us afterwards, but it wasn't anything like this. Whereas this is like, yeah, we we've it was, in, and we're in Los Angeles too. So like it's it's a trip when you're in LA and you have like a, a horde of people recognizing something that you do. It makes you wonder, like. <coughs> because I mean, they were pretty excited to talk to us both. Like the difference now versus just the last live event i guess the last live event was really where it kicked off because we had the big entrance we played the shower wall it was so much controversy and then the stuff with you and dan so then your whole storyline took off and then you know my character the boss right like yeah. i had my roca match i had my mance match like i'm on the wheel um you know in <laughs> you have a wheel slice now yeah like i mean i think i guess i guess it just seems like the brand the brand our brand is elevated in a way that it wasn't six months ago or three months ago or whenever that was uh, yeah, it was it was a trip, but it was it was pretty amazing. So things that are coming up, corruption starts to air. I think maybe next week. Yeah, you have a match coming up against uh, Haley Fouch and Eric Zipper. Eric Zipper, yeah. Yep. Riley and I are going to be playing our first match there with Tom, Tommy Tommy Dagnino as our manager. So that's coming up. I have my match against John Roca, which is actually I can even tell you guys that it's scheduled to tape here in. Uh, oh my god, it's taping next week. Really? Yeah, I'm taping it next week. Oh, I think I knew that. Yeah. And I'm here for that. I'm actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God. God, I hope I don't I'm know. There. I don't know if I want you oh, there. Oh, you don't want me there. I don't know if I want you there. Ben's never been there for my singles career, and I've been winning. Uh, but anyway, so we're taping next week. I'm not going to tell you which him. which <laughs> day we're taping. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, like, getting ready. I'm, I, like, really, really want to beat John, especially after his BS <laughs> victory over you. Uh, I want to destroy him. You're going to beat him to death. I'm going to beat him to death, <laughs> and I'm going to beat him in movie trivia. <laughs> for you to beat Roka. Uh, it's going to happen. I know it's Oh, gonna it's going to happen. Absolutely. So, guys, that's what's coming up in the Schmodown for us. Obviously, you can follow along with everything that we do online. Uh, at Team Action Show is our Twitter. You can follow us individually, Ben Baby Media, Andrew Guy, and then, um, yeah, Drunk Watch Along this weekend. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Team Action. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the 